Amen. Good morning. Good afternoon, church. We've had a wonderful time of worship this morning. I want to thank Steve again for such a beautiful time of worship. And young Joshua. Well, now if it's not evident to the church already that he's an anointed young man, then something is actually wrong with your spirituality here. So we need to keep uplifting him in prayer. And just, just him standing there, worshipping, and his eyes closed. Uh, you know, it's, it's an example to us all. And a wonderful mother at the back. You're doing a good job. Praise God. Okay, let's just, let me, I know you've prayed, but I just want to just say a quick word of prayer over the word. Father, just thank you again for this word that you have given me, Lord, to uh, bring to your people. Lord, as you have caused me to think on it and to meditate on it, I pray as I speak this morning, O oh God, that you will speak. I pray for every heart, every ear that hears. What is being said this morning will be changed and transformed. I ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I, I want to speak to you this morning um, from the book of Hebrews. Um, a word that the Lord um, laid upon my heart. Uh, there's, so, there's so much going on. There's so much going on and, and so much uncertainty um, about the future, you know, whether on a personal level, whether, um, uh, you know, on a national level, there's, there's, there's turbulence in there. There's turbulence in the world. There's, you know, Jesus spoke about it. There's wars, rumors of wars. There's... There's all sorts of things happening. And as God's children, we need to be encouraged to continue in our faith. Because if we don't, the, the alternative is not worth considering. As I was before the Lord preparing and and praying and thinking through the word. He gave me some things I would like to say to you this morning concerning the word. So I'm going to read from a passage of scripture that may be familiar to some of you. And um, you probably have had uh, different uh, sermons and messages preached from me. But I just want to come from a, a perspective that God has given me. And I'm going to read from, the, from Hebrews 12. I'll read from verse 1 to 3. And then I'll go back and, and provide you with the context of, of those verses. Okay? Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. I'm going to be reading from the, um, the King James um, version of the Bible. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And 
let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. A familiar passage of scripture to some of you, and it's a scripture that I have I've read over and over again, but I just thought there is there's a word there, there's some things in there that God wants to bring to your attention to encourage us as a church, to encourage us as a people, to encourage us individually. And when I read through the scripture, when I read through those passages, I couldn't help but first of all ask the question about the cloud of witness. You know, um, we have got so many loved ones that, that have gone on to, to glory and who are saints in the Lord. And they included amongst the crowd, the cloud of witness. We've also had, um, recently, just, just the other day, my, uh, my wife's aunt, mom's sister, passed away. And uh, a very strong woman of God. And as I was thinking through the cloud of witness and I was thinking through thinking about the people that I have lost in my life, my brother, my father, you know, relatives. And as you sit here, and you probably think about all of those people, especially those that are of the household of faith. They are part of the crowd of witnesses. But I want to, bring, I want to put a context to it. Because you see, where you see the word wherefore, or in your, in your Bible it says therefore, we need to ask why is therefore. So if we go back to, just go to the, the, previous, the, the chapter before, which is chapter 11, which is a chapter that we, again, probably familiar with. It's a chapter of faith. And this is, this is the hall of uh, fame, of faith for those people that have walked with God. And I was just reading through, I wouldn't be able to read all of it, but just, just to give you the context, because that's the crowd of witness that, that is depicted in 12.1 when we read um, chapter 12, verse 1. They, they, the basis of um, chapter 12, verse 1. And I was reading through it, and I, I just, let me just read a few verses, some of the verses. By faith, Abel opened, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. In other words, by faith, he pleased God. By faith, Abel offered the right sacrifice. And the Bible says, but, but, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. By faith, it says, Noah moved with fear, prepared the ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed. He went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed in the land that was foreign to him. 
By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive a seed in her old age. Verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity, opportunity to have returned. What he's saying is about faith. About faith they continued in the direction that God has set them. They didn't think about where they were coming from. They focused on where God was taking them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Moses, when he was born, was hid by faith. He, was, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter by faith. By faith, he forsook Egypt. And on and on and on and on he goes. And he says in verse 32, And what shall, I more, what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the enemies of the aliens, the armies of the aliens. Women received the dead raised to life again. On and on it goes on. And verse 39 says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. And we come to chapter 12. And he says, Wherefore? Wherefore, seeing we have, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. That cloud of witness was a cloud of witness that walked by faith, that accomplished great things for God by faith. As we sit here today and you hear in my voice, you would want to be part of that cloud of witness if you continue by faith. There is no other way to please God and be a part of that cloud unless we walk with God by faith. So that's the cloud of witness. The writer goes on to say, okay, since we are compassed with such a cloud and people watching us, let us lay aside every weight. That's the first thing. 
Let us lay aside every weight. And when I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, what is it? What, what, what weights? What can we consider as weight? What do you consider as weight in your life? Looking back into 2019, look at you in 2019. What has been weighing you down? What is it that stopped you from doing the things that God called you to do? That you knew you were supposed to do in 2018 and you haven't done. And you're now in 2019. Are those same things weighing you down? Weights are simply things that occupy our time. Anything that occupies your time, that takes time away from you spending time with your father. From you spending that moment that would enable you to accomplish the purpose and the plan that he has for you is a weight. And the Bible is instructing us to lay it aside. No one can do that for you and me. We have to do it ourselves. Some of us are in, probably in jobs. In jobs that are actually weights. We're not enjoying it. We're there, but because we're earning the money, because we have the bills to pay, we, we, we're there. At the right time, God will set you free from that. Some of us are in relationships. In different types of relationships. Relationships with people that are eating up your time. People that you spend so much time with, but you're not seeing any result. And they keep coming, and they keep coming. Friends that should not be your friends. Relationships that you're in with, that is actually taking you away from the time you ought to spend with your father. And it says, and the sin which doth easily beset us. That's, that's personal. You would know. You would know what that particular thing in your life is that keeps tripping you up. That keeps stopping you from accomplishing that which God has called you to do. You will know that thing that is stopping you from living holy and righteous. You will know that. And you need to lay it aside. Unconfessed sin, unforgiveness, bad attitude, that particular thing that gets you all the time. God says time to deal with it and it's time to lay it aside. And he says and run the race that is set before you and before me with patience. There is a race that is set before each one of us. I cannot run your race. You cannot run my race. I cannot run at your pace. You cannot run at my pace. 
For there is a race and a track that is set before you that your feet are on. And you need to continue to run that race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I remember when I was young. I'm still young. I remember when I was, I remember when I was that young. I was a very, very keen athlete. I ran in the relay team, ran, sprinted. I had jump, long jump. I was, I was well involved in sports. Cricket, played a lot of cricket. I was well involved in sport. And I knew the effort it takes to prepare myself for a competition. I know the pain. I know the pain that I had to go through to come to and press through to make the starting line up for that 100 meters race. I know the pain I had to go through to train to make it and play in the national team. You spend a whole day on the cricket pitch under the hot burning sun, you have to be fit. So the race that God has called you to run, you need to be fit and be prepared to run it all the way. There's always... There's always a goal at the end. There's always a prize at the end. When I was playing football or running, there's always a prize I was running for. There was always a goal that I was heading towards. And there is a goal that you're heading towards on this race track that God has placed you. And the Bible helps us with that goal. But it says run with patience. Bible says in Hebrews 10, you have need of patience. These days, we do need patience. You may trip up on the way. You may have hiccups on the way. You get up. You dust up. You continue to go. You may miss the mark. You take counsel. You take advice from godly men and godly women. You don't take counsel from everybody. You take counsel from godly men and godly women. David says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the world, seated, nor seated in the seat of this country, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. And the result of that is bearing fruit. Being a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. That when you when you're on that track and you're on that journey, that others may see you as a tree of life. Yes, we have need of patience. Fruits in our lives come with patience. We have to be patient to see the fruit manifesting in our lives. We don't become all loving hunky-dory overnight. We all don't become all masters of faith overnight. We all don't just become joyful and blowing bubbles overnight. We walk at it. 
patiently walking at it. Patiently walking with the, with the Holy Spirit to bring forth the fruit of righteousness and holiness in our lives. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now there is a focus. There is a this week, I thank God when I was reading this and I was examining my own walk with the Lord, started 42 years ago, 43 years ago, and, and where I am today. And I stand in the, and I look back and I, the only thing that has kept me right up to this point is that my focus hasn't shifted off the Lord. That's the only thing. It, it, it doesn't mean or it didn't mean that I didn't have ups and downs. That's not what, my focus, my, my purpose, my goal, my, my, my aim is to finish with my eyes on Jesus. Because when the difficulties come, when the challenges come, if that focus is not there, you drop by the wayside. That's why the example is there for us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, Jesus himself had a focus. And if he, if he had a focus, then we should have one. And he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Saints, I don't need to tell you that um, there are difficulties on the path. There are more difficulties to come. There are more challenges we will face. But you and I, we have got to set our heart and set our gaze on the Savior. That's the only way we will be that overcomer of those challenges and difficulties. I was, I was thinking when I was preparing this, and there, was, there were times when my focus on the, on the Lord, particularly is in my life, through temptation or through uh, weakness in the flesh, things happened, and I got up, confessed it, and, and, and moved on. And I, and we started having our own children. And I remember one thing I said to the Lord, that I will dedicate myself to ensure that those that you have given me get on the track on this race and stay on the track. That job is not complete. We have three 
beautiful, beautiful young people that God has given us. And, and the challenges that we had to go through to help them stay on the track to the point where they are today, where they are working and they are running their own race, knowing who is ahead of them. All of us that God has called, all of us present here, ought to be in a position in that situation where there are so many people, you may not know, you may not be aware of it, there's so many people watching you. There's so many people looking at you and observing how you're walking with the Lord, observing, observing how you're running your race. That take encouragement and take, and take courage from what they see in your life. Philippians 3.13. Can you put that up for us, please? Philippians 3, verse 13. Just see what Paul says here. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Next verse. I press. I press toward the mark of the price. There is a goal. There is a reward. Towards the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind. Lay aside those weights. Press. Press on. Press forward. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Set your heart on completing your race. I remember um, I ran a race in my junior school. And um, in those days, they had what they had. They had a hundred. It used to be hundred yards. Then went to meters. <laughs> hundred yards. You had two twenty yards before it became two hundred meters. And then you had three thirty yards. And then you have four forty yards before it became four hundred meters. Okay, so that's the conversion, right? So I ran, the, I ran for my house um, club the 330 yards. Now, I wish I could express to you <laughs> how I almost fainted. Now, I ran the race. I took off at the, at the blast of the gun. I took off like I was running 100 meters. And when I got to the 100 meters, <laughs> it looked like 1,000 meters. I was so, so tired. I, I was crawling with pain all over my body. I barely made it to the finish line. And I, I saw um, other competitors that fainted along the way. And the, the, the message there, now that reminds me, you know I say? You've got to pace yourself. You can't run at somebody else's pace. 
You can't do things because other, person, other people are doing it at a particular pace. You, you, you can't do that. You've got to be comfortable in the pace that God has set you to run in. Because the aim is to get to the finish line. Set your heart on completing the grace against all odds. Suffering will come. Shame. You know, um, difficulties will come. Jesus, Jesus endured the cross. And despising the shame. We need to set our hearts on him. Run that you may obtain. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you can put that up for me, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul says something about running to obtain there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. These words, you know, sometimes the, we read these scriptures, but we, we, our minds are so far removed from it. We, we read it, but the application of it, the taking it in, so that this, this is, this, this are li- these are life lessons. They're meant for us to apply it. Everybody runs, but one obtain a prize. You'll get to the finish line when you get to the finish line. You'll get your prize. You won't get somebody else's prize. Amen. Amen. And I, verse, verse 3 of, uh, of Hebrews, Hebrews 12 says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Folks, saints, this is the crucial bit. This is the bit that requires us to train hard, to exercise the spirit, to exercise ourselves in the word. That when challenges come, they come to make us strong. When God allows us to go through difficulties and challenges, it's not because he wants to destroy us. It'll make us strong. But what are you, what, I'll share something. Somebody sent me um, a piece of information which I'll share with you in a minute. But what we are prone to is this fainting in our minds. If there, is, if, there is, if there is any serious attack today, it's, it's in the minds. We have so much mental health. Everything is mental health these days. All our kids are labeled with some kind of mental health. I reject that for my children, and you should reject that for your children. They, they, our minds... We occupy our minds with so much 
There's so much things we think of. When, the, when God says, lay, cast all your burdens upon me, sometimes we, we take the burdens to the Lord and we, we put it down there in prayer, we get up and we take it again and we walk away. Our minds are so occupied 24-7 with so many different stuff that the real stuff that we need to maintain to continue on the race, we don't have. And we faint along the way. We look for other people to come and pick us up and drag us along the way. The fainting of the mind. We need to endure. Let me show, I just want to read something. Somebody sent this to me. And I was, I, I think there's some, there's some truth in it. But I just want to read you some, some, some things from this. This is about some statistics about ministry. <laughs> and I, I just, let me give you some bits. It says here, 72% of pastors report walking between 55 to 75 hours per week. 84% of pastors feel they are on call 24-7. 35% of pastors report the demands of the church denies them from spending time with their family. 53% of pastors report that the seminary did not prepare them for the ministry. That, that means going to Bible school did not actually prepare them for ministry. But what we have today, we have people that go to Bible school and they come and pastor. Bible school don't prepare you for ministry. But yet you go leaders out there that are that are endangering the lives of young men and women just because they've come from Bible school. And they take on the Lord that becomes a weight. And they faint under the weight. This is happening. Ninety percent of pastors report the ministry was completely different than what they thought it would be like before they entered the ministry. 90%. 75% of pastors report significant stress-related crises at least once in the ministries. These are men and women that believe God has called them to ministry. And they're running the race that is set before them. But they are fainting in the way. And I said to the Lord, but these, these, these are your children. These are your servants. And you know what the Lord said to me and I'll share with you. When people want to do my work by their own understanding, by their own methods, They'll faint. 
and some of them will die. Not because God has struck them. Not because they fail to do God's work God's way. There's so much more here. God wants us and is saying to us, we cannot allow ourselves to faint in these last days. In praying, continue to pray. The Bible says, as we have received mercy, we should faint not. Our inward man should be renewed day to day as we spend time in his presence. There is no substitute for spending time in God's presence and in his word. We are doing a, a Sunday school is on the, the parable of the sword. And, and how um, Jesus was saying to, these, uh, to his disciples and those that gathered around him, that if you don't understand this parable, how will, how will you understand all the other parables in the Bible that I'm going to be telling you? Because the key, the key thing about the parable was that Jesus was actually talking about himself. And they couldn't link the parable to the person given the parable. There was a question in our Bible study that asked about what is the mystery? What it was the mystery about it? The mystery was Christ himself. They couldn't see that. They couldn't link the story to him. He is the one that would come and sow the seed and sow the word and preach the gospel. But they couldn't link it. We need to spend time in the Word so that when the time of fainting comes, we can draw strength from it. We can endure trials and temptation. We need to prepare to go all the way. We need to be determined these days, we need to be determined to finish the course. Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 9. If you can put that up, pause please. Galatians 6 verse 9. Galatians 6 verse 9. Okay, it says... And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Continue to do the things that God has called you to do, regardless of the challenges. I know that's tough sometimes, but to be determined to continue to pray, continue to show love, continue to be merciful, continue to encourage, continue in the things that God has called you and I to. 
For in due season, we will reap if we faint not. Again, in closing, God is calling us and saying to us, church, you know where your weights are. You know where your sin is. You search your heart and you lay it aside. And understand that there is a price at the end of the race. Paul gets to that end. And he said, I've fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Finished the course. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. That's the goal. That's the goal. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just want to want to thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart and, and speaking to your people. Thank you for your word that it would never return to your void. And it would accomplish that which you have sent it out to do this morning in the lives of those that have heard it. You'll even give them deeper understanding and deep, deeper revelation and insight as to what this message is about to them. And you'll help us, O oh God, to continue to run this race that you have set before us. Help me to continue to run my race. Help your children to continue to run their race. I pray, O oh God, for strength, endurance, patience, fortitude. I pray that your word that would dwell within us so richly. I pray that your grace will continue to abound with us as we run the race. In our weak moments, Lord, in those times of personal failure or defeat, let us know the victory that you have given us by overcoming and triumphing over the enemy on the cross. I pray this day, Lord Father, that we would finish the race. It's not so much as how we started it, Lord Father, but that I will finish it. Help us to finish well. For this is my prayer, Lord, not just for myself, but for your people and for all those that are hearing my voice today. As I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay.